0: Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 107 of Jeff Reads' His book. I'm your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 13 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, Head over to Book.com. right there. There's three ways to contact me. At the end of the episode, we'll go over it. But while you're there, be sure to buy one of the books that I already wrote. That's right. There are two right there uh, that I read a long time ago on this podcast, and you can buy them in Dead Tree format or Electrons that will download magically onto your Kindle device and then... If Amazon doesn't like the book, they'll remove it for you. So it seems like kind of a shady thing. Maybe you guys want the paper one. Anywho, um, what's going on out there uh, today? It's uh, Monday. I'm doing the podcast. The lovely Laura had to head to the office, so I figured I finished a nasty bit of frustrating work today, and uh, why not take a little breather and do this podcast? You know, because these don't usually take that long. You just rush right through them, right? But Oh dear, we've got a doozy today. So, today's chapter, chapter 13, we're going to get right into this shit, because you're going to find out in a second, okay? What's going on in my life? Jack squat. Alright, so today's chapter, 13, is a whopping 600 goddamn lines. When I found this in the file, I was just shocked. So this is going to take... Just a ton of time to read through. I must have written this over, what, like four nights? Chapter 13? Good lord. And I I think I like this chapter. I mean, it's not great. Don't get me wrong. But it's okay. At least some things happen, and it, it's at least mildly interesting, but I don't know. Not great. Because the whole premise of the book stinks. The premise of, what do I want to say, the the current plotline blows. They're just going to look for... Um, paperwork evidence of what the magistrates are up to so i don't know how you guys feel about that i don't feel great about it but uh so chapter 13 uh there will be some excitement so we might get you know uh some giggles out of this but let's not forget it does involve paperwork so it's not good <laughs> oh boy this is gonna be a doozy um i already grabbed a drink because this is going to take like the whole afternoon. So why don't we just go ahead and dive in to chapter 13. I feel like that wasn't sing-songy enough, right? But wait, what are you going to do? Huh? I don't know why it would be sing-songy anyway. What we're reading. What are we doing here? Oh, what am I drinking? I still have that same freaking bottle of wild turkey. Uh, just the uh, regular, not the 101. On the rocks. Well, there was an ice cube in here. It melted pretty quick. It was kind of cool all day, but then there were some bad rainstorms, and now it's hot as balls again. And the freaking uh, basement studio is goddamn wet. Would, wouldn't you people agree? Yeah, yeah. The live studio audience all nodding along with me. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is late in the afternoon at this point, so I feel like the whiskey is okay, but... Ugh, God, this is a long-ass chapter. hmm All right. Mm-hmm i got to save some here. Okay. Margot had grossly misjudged the size of the magistrate's fortress in Jackpond. She, uh, she stood staring at the wooden battlements that surrounded what could only be called a compound based on its sheer size. When given the task originally, she had expected a building that was perhaps two to three times bigger than the building she had mistakenly set alight. We're always bringing up her arson in this book. This fortress, though, had walls, towers, and plenty of guards. One detail that did give her some hope was the condition of the fortress's walls. They were filthy, covered in what she could only describe as garbage, probably rotten food, that had been thrown against them. She could clearly see a few spots where someone had tried, and partially succeeded, in trying to light the wood battlements on fire. Can you light, like, wood battlements on fire, like if it's a fort surrounded by wooden walls, or do they, like, treat the wood or something? I have no idea. If you're, like, uh, versed in medieval, or, I don't know, I feel like they were using that well into the Civil War. Um, But if you're versed in that kind of uh, uh, wooden fortresses, uh, let me know. Right into the show, com. can you set them on fire? Okay. The magistrates clearly had some enemies in this town, and it appeared that they found themselves defending their home, at least nominally, on multiple occasions. The service entrance should be in the southeast corner, Henry said, drawing her attention away from the walls. This place is bigger than I thought, she admitted as they walked. How are we going to find anything inside? We can worry about that once we're inside, Henry said. Margot saw that he kept playing with his cloak as he walked, trying to make it billow away from him. What are you doing, she asked. This cloak is scratching, and it gets in the way, he said in an annoyed voice. I think they're adding something to the laundry to make them uncomfortable. Maybe, Margo responded, though her cloak didn't seem to bother her. Probably bedbugs, don't you think? Mm, yeah, I think. All right. Well, they probably have magic bedbug killer, right? Would they have magical pesticides, you know, not necessarily based on, like, phosphorus? Maybe their pesticides, like, don't destroy the environment entirely. I bet they do, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're just magically destroying the environment. <laughs> um, bup, 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 bup. um, Margot responded, though her cloak didn't seem to bother her. Henry's, she noticed, was far too big for him, dragging on the ground behind him as he walked the city street that abutted the fortress. who fun word. The pair finally reached... I'm going to page down a little bit. Uh, reached the southeast entrance. The gate was opened, wouldn't you say open? I don't know. Gate was opened sounds like somebody just opened it for you. And some sort of delivery cart was halfway into the complex. On guard stood on, (laughs) I guess that's supposed to be one. On guard stood on the wall's battlements next to the gate, but no other guards could be seen. Jeff took a drink. Let's watch for a moment, Henry suggested, not realizing that this freaking chapter is long as hell and he should move things along. God damn. And he pulled Margot into an alleyway where they could clearly see the gate. The cart eventually rumbled into the gate and another emerged moments later. The entire time, the gate remained open. I don't think they close it, Henry said. I think they treat this place as a simple place of business, not as a fort, per se, Margo agreed. Wow, they have per se in, I don't know, I, in the world of magic, I figure, like, mixing languages is kind of silly, don't you think? Whatever. Should we try to walk in? Let's wait for the next cart. Maybe you could hide us as we walk past it, Henry suggested. Just as Margot's patience was about to run out, another delivery cart appeared, wow, this is so boring, and rolled into the gate. Sorry, again, it stopped halfway through, Margot cast a quick spell about them, and she pulled Henry from the alley with her once they were hidden from casual view by her magic. There was no sign the guard on the wall saw them as they approached. Closing in on the gate, she could see that a guard with a clipboard was questioning the cart's lone passenger top his perch on the left side of the cart. Paperwork. God damn, this book's about paperwork. She quickly walked to the opposite side of the cart and through the gate into the compound. Once inside the wall, she stepped quickly to the side, flattening herself against the inner surface of. Of the all, to take in her surroundings. Don't know what that was supposed to be. She, uncapitalized, doubted that she would encounter any mages in a service entrance, but she was trying to be careful. Henry followed her through, and both studied their surroundings. This entrance was, unfortunately built as a holding area of sorts. The small courtyard was separated from the rest of the complex by shorter, less imposing walls that were nonetheless problematic. They would, that's one word, still need to get past additional guards to reach the fortress proper. Looking at Henry, she asked, what now? Probably time to see if these uniforms will work, he said, shrugging. I say we try to walk right through that door over there. He pointed to a gate in the, oh god, gates, lots of gates, in the inner wall where crates of something were being stacked. Soldiers were coming into the courtyard, picking up crates, and walking back inside. Margo didn't like the simple idea, but she thought that if it didn't work, their being inside the inner wall also wouldn't work anyway. All right, she said, let's give it a try. She released her spell and began walking in full view of anyone who cared to notice them. (gasps) Oh, dangerous. I bet the clipboard guy's going to ask for their papers. Margot put on her most imperious face she could muster as they walked up to the inner gate and proceeded through it between a gap in the soldiers bringing in the delivery. A guard just inside the door was across from them, but Margot purposefully took no notice. She and Henry were ten feet beyond him when he finally spoke up. "'Excuse me, why are you entering through this gate?' he asked loudly. The three men carrying the crates in the courtyard stopped at the interruption and also turned to look at Margot. Margot was nervous as she stopped to turn back, but she hid it well. She realized that such a confrontation was unavoidable why are you concerned about that she said coldly to the man with the clipboard her response had placed the soldier off balance and made jeff's voice crack um you're only supposed to enter through the front gate he said sounding unsure of himself we were just outside inspecting damage to the wall she said sternly another vandalizing incident for the guard could say anything she loudly continued I am not walking all the way back around to the front gate for such nonsense. Turning, she began walking away, smiling to herself. Once out of sight, the guard behind a building with What the fuck? Oh, okay. Once out of sight of the guard behind a building within the complex. So did this door just pass through the wall or I thought they were like inside. So confusing. Um, once out of sight of the guard behind a building within the complex, she stopped and turned to Henry. That was close, she said. You have an uncanny ability to scare people into acquiescence, Henry said, using big words. Hell, I was a little scared of you, too. So where do we go next, Margo asked. The records building, I guessed, Henry suggested, disappointing the readers. Drinking break! <laughs> mm. This sucks, doesn't it? They're going to the records building? What the hell kind of book is it? Who writes this garbage? Mm. I mean, does this, like, reflect poorly on my... Well, it obviously reflects poorly on my imagination, am I right? I mean... Good God. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm really speechless here as to how bad this is. Okay. Oh, good. There's a drinking break coming up. The problem with this plan, Henry, thought... Sorry, there's extra commas. They're all over the place here. The problem with this plan, Henry, thought, was they were seeking something very specific in an exceptionally large facility. Maybe they should go visit the directory, like at the mall. Wow, do like kids know what malls are still? I don't know. I feel like they don't. I freaking love the mall. Okay. (laughs) Except, you know, like modern day malls starting to get a little annoying with the guy trying to sell me cell phone cases or yell about the, what's that wire thing that's supposed to massage your head? Maybe they don't sell that at the mall anymore because it was kind of gross. Looking at their surroundings, Henry guessed they were f- there were five main buildings and maybe twice as many support structures within the walls of the fort. There were also a substantial number of people walking around, enough to make him nervous. Margot touched him on his elbow and he looked at her. Look, I think this building must be the commissary or whatever you want to call it. They're bringing in way too many crates. Henry smiled at her simple deduction. The crates probably said Cisco, too, don't you think? And it appears to be too small to have much else inside, he agreed. Okay, well now we're down to four possibilities. He and Margo casually walked towards two identical two-story buildings on the northern side of the fort. Weren't they on the southeastern side? Who's keeping track of this in their head? Raise your hands. No? Okay, nobody raised their hands. All right. Um, boop, 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 boop. Though they passed numerous people nobody looked twice at the couple as they got closer henry could make out a small sign next to the door on the end of one of the identical buildings when they were with it they were 10 paces from the entrance he could finally read barracks 2 on a small sign not our building either Margot said upon seeing it way too deeply for a woman, probably. I'm guessing that the other one is just barracks one. That leaves these two behemoths over here, Henry said, pointing at two large but very different buildings. The larger of the two was clearly a great hall for the fortress. Some construction crews were working on the roof, possibly signaling that it was still being rehabbed since this fort was so old. Fake drinking break! Yay! (laughs) Hmm. My throat hurts lately. I feel like I ate strawberries and it's hurt for like a day now. Is that a thing? I feel like it's a thing. The second building was a nondescript rectangular two-story building near the southern wall. I thought they were walking north. God damn it! It was rather large for a building in a fort, but it did seem to be in rather good shape. He guessed that anything they would want to find would be inside. Let's try the one on the far side of this hall, he suggested, and Margot nodded in agreement. Henry felt his stomach sink when they rounded the rear of the great hall, and an entrance to the building beyond came into view. Two guards were posted at the entrance, standing at attention. Oh, spooky! Henry rolled his eyes in frustration. What are we supposed to do now? he asked out of frustration like a whiny little bitch. Let's watch for a moment to see if anyone else enters, Margot said, pulling Henry against the hu- the great hall's rear wall. Wow, alliteration much? Henry was starting to get nervous seeing so many magistrates, mages, and soldiers milling about the complex. This is so boring, isn't it? <laughs> He tried to calm himself. There's only, okay, wait, wait, we're going to pause for a second. There's only five goddamn buildings. Where is everybody walking to? Huh? Huh? Answer me that, Riddler. Ugh. I don't know what I just said. All right, we're going to keep going. This is annoying. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the magistrates. he tried to calm himself by noting that they all seem to have some purpose, walking with some destination in mind. Despite Margot slinking about against a wall, occasionally peeking around a corner at guards, nobody stopped to question them. However, Henry continued to scan his surroundings for trouble. Jeff took a drink. Good Lord, we're only a, we're only like a quarter of our way into this. Ooh, and it's going to get worse. Finally, Margot grabbed his shirt sleeve to get his attention. Look, she said, two people are approaching the door. Henry joined her in watching two mages approach the guarded door. To his surprise, they merely walked inside, and the guard stood motionless, like Buckingham Palace. Huh. Do you think it would really be that easy? Only one way to find out, she said, starting off for the door. Henry groaned quietly and followed. <sighs> drinking break. <laughs> mm. All right, I don't know when the next drinking break is, but I might need a refill. Um, well, yeah, I think I can wait. I mean, I don't want to. This is pretty hard to read because it's so bad. Margot approached the door, doing her best to maintain an imperious look as the door grew closer. She knew Henry was behind her, but she thought that her simply passing through the door without waiting for him would lessen the time the guards had to consider her. Just paces from the door, she fought the urge to look at the guards, and she confidently strode past them into what seemed to be a lobby of sorts. A lobby of sorts? What the fuck? Just inside, she turned to wait for Henry. He stepped inside just seconds later, but Margot still had time to consider her surroundings. As far as she could tell, this entrance placed them in the northwest corner of the structure. Oh my god, my head hurts. To her right... Well, all right. It was up against a southern wall, right? Uh, So I guess if you're going to enter it, you didn't enter through the wall of the fortress. Yeah. All right. All right. Northern. Okay. That's fine, I suppose. Oh, it's just like, I don't know. I guess this is what my idiot brain thinks passes as setting, just giving directions everywhere. In this northerly direction? Northerly? Whatever. What did I used to say? Glenn, right into the show! Jeffreydisbook.com. What did I used to say? Okay. Where am I? Uh, boop, 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 boop. Um, okay. As far as she could tell, there's a place in the northwest corner of the structure. To her right, a wide staircase climbed up to the next floor. And a hallway next to the stairs led deeper into the building to the east. There was a mage sitting in the room, but he seemed to be waiting for someone, and he took no notice of her. As soon as Henry was inside, she started down the hallway. Her guess was that the records they wanted would be in some nondescript room in the back or possibly the basement. This is so boring. (laughs) Henry caught up with her and quietly said, "'Where are you going?' To the records room, she said, as she spied the staircase leading down and not closing her quotes. She abruptly turned and headed into the basement. She was not surprised to see that the building had a finished basement. Wow, just like the recording studio, am I right, folks? I've actually been having a little trouble with the basement. I don't know what it is, but, like, uh, some of the wall is, like, kind of crumbly over by my staircase, so I had to, this week I, like, broke off and, like, uh, They plastered over the cinder block, but I think some water's kind of seeping through the cinder block, especially around the garage, so I had to like chip away the plaster, and today I put like some hydraulic cement over where it was getting a little leaky, because I painted it, but the paint didn't stick, because it was still a little leaky. Fucking shit. All right. Um, boop boop, 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 boop. All right, she was not surprised to see the building had a finished basement. When I think finished basement, I think, you know, there's like a pool table and somebody has like a toy box full of He-Man figurines or something down there. Um, I guess I'm just describing my cousin's basement. <laughs> well, no, it's a combination of two different cousins. Like one, they had that bumper pool. What is that called? Where it has like the post sticking up. It was cool as hell. I don't know what it's called, though. And then my other cousin, he was like closer to my age and we'd go down and he had a, you know, brother that was maybe two years younger than us. And we would uh, play with his He-Man. He had such a good collection of He-Man stuff. He also had like the He-Man castle, which I had sisters. So they got the She-Ra castle, which was literally the same castle, except pink, like literally the same castle, just pink, no differences. I'm glad you guys all learned that today. Um, Let's see. We got past finished basement, right? All right. Margot started down the well-lit hallway. Was it like a fluorescence? What do you got down there? Till she was nearing the east end of the building. You know, in reality, I wouldn't keep my records in the basement, right? They could get wet. A double door was labeled archives and she reached for the handle. To her surprise, the door swung inward when she did so. Wait here, she whispered to Henry. Wait here, she whispered to Henry, stepped inside and quietly closed the door inside she was faced with a sprawling room of shelves told you this was going to be exciting reaching from floor to ceiling and aisles that seemed to stretch beyond the length of the building it's probably a magic records room right don't you think it's like bigger inside than it appears yeah definitely Um, the shelves were mostly, maybe it's like an interdimensional records room, probably. Shelves were mostly filled with wooden boxes that contained, she guessed, archives. Wow, Margo, that is deep. I mean, the door did say it contained archives. Um, let's see. Uh, she was shocked at the amount of paperwork the magistrates could generate. I'm shocked that somebody could write a book like this. All right. There was a table next to the door here, but it was completely empty. Its lack of contents shook something in her mind free that bothered her about the room. The shelves appeared to be free of any labels or signage as well. Turning back towards the door, she also saw now that there were no signs, diagrams, or maps on the wall. (gasps) Do you think they're not using the Dewey Decimal System? Oh boy! Walking over to a shelf, she examined one of the crates. The outside had no visible markings whatsoever. Pulling it from the shelf slightly, she could see inside that it was full of unlabeled folders. What do you think? They use manila folders? Do they have that in the world of magic? Right into the show! JeffReadsIsBook.com! How do they organize this, she whispered to herself. Puzzled? I'm not doing it. All right. She pulled one folder free and opened it. Inside, there was some sort of inventory list dated two years prior. She replaced the folder in the crate and slid it back into position. Shaking her head in disbelief, just like everybody listening to this podcast, she started walking down an aisle looking for any sort of clue. Drinking break! See, I thought, I bet you guys thought I was going to end the chapter, but we are nowhere near end. 600 lines? We're only at 200 in at this point. Not even 200. Good God. This is like a chapter from, um... What was that first piece of shit? Uh, bringing Balance. Yeah. Those were long ass chapters, too. Why don't we uh, pause for a second so I can do a proper drinking break? Okay, we're back with a drink. And we're going to keep reading. We're going to keep trucking through this goddamn thing, all right? Outside in the hall. Well, actually, I didn't have the drink yet. Mm. Mm. Very good. Outside in the hall, Henry stood nervously considering his options. He didn't like having to stand guard, mostly because he felt useless. Not having any concrete... Let's try that again. Not having any concrete idea, what Margo was up to only added to his unease. I'm going to change my monitor. That's better. Okay. He decided it would be just as easy to stand guard inside, and he turned and grabbed the door handle. Can I help you? A voice said calmly from down the hallway. Oh no, just have to get some records, Henry said in what he hoped was a cheerful voice. The mage, an older man in a red cape, is much in a red cape, carrying a steaming mug, shook his head. No, 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 he scolded in a kind voice. The archives down here are just for storage, he explained. You want to go to the records department upstairs to ask for anything. Oh, I see, Henry said, nodding. Yes, you don't have to get them yourself. We are wizards, after all, he laughed. Ha <laughs> ha! Um. Oh, I had just thought this would be where you'd ask, Henry said, laughing lightly. He <laughs> he! The mage, now standing close to Henry, stopped and smiled. You must be new here. I'll show you where. No need, Henry said calmly though he could feel his stomach turning. I'll be fine. I don't want to trouble you. I insist, the older mage said. Come with me. With no other option, Henry abandoned his lookout and followed the man away from the archives room and Margot, Oh no! Drinking break! Yes, we have some drinking breaks in this because it's very much a Bringing Balance style chapter. This is fun. Margo pulled yet another box down, and peered into the folders contained within. These records appeared to be training records, discussing how long this mage and that mage had trained at different magics, which seemed possibly closer to what she wanted. However, the box two aisles over contained deeds around the Sandhill region. That That also seemed closer to what she wanted. She decided to split the difference and try the aisle in between. As she turned down the center hallway to try another aisle, a swift wind behind her blew her sideways. Whoa, like, did she fall over? Well, we'll see. Causing her to turn suddenly and fall into a defensive stance and misspell the word causing. She saw nothing behind her, though. Carefully, she leaned back into the aisle she had just departed. It was empty. Ooh, spooky. Is it a ghost? When she turned the other way, she felt the wind behind her again. She turned again, dropping into defense, and waited. Don't you picture them doing, like, uh, some weird, like, karate stance? I do. I don't know. The room was silent. She stalked silently back towards the door, listening intently for any other sounds. When she reached it, She opened it carefully and quietly. Peering outside, she was alarmed to find Henry missing. Forgetting any of the mystery in the archives room, she stood straight and stepped partially into the hallway. Henry, she whispered. When there was no reply, she repeated it louder this time. Henry! I just picture her screaming down the hall. You don't have to leave, an airy voice said behind her that Jeff's not going to try to imitate. Margot quickly turned back into the archives room, her right hand cocked behind her, sizzling with magic, ready to strike. Before her stood a thin, short woman, wow, like body shaming, pale, wow, still going on, to nearly the point of translucence. Her facial features were pointed, almost elven. Elfin? Do you spell it elfin? E-L-F-E-N or E-L-V-E-N? I feel like in the Lord of the Rings, it's elven, but e-l-f-e-n is maybe how they describe it like santa's elves elves whatever i don't know okay her facial features were pointed almost elven and she had long white hair that somehow seemed to gently blow despite there being no noticeable wind currents in the room spooky is it a ghost i'm gonna say it's a ghost i know it's not a ghost you don't have to leave, she repeated in an airy but friendly tone. I rarely get visitors here. Margot lowered her hand and shut the door to the hallway quietly, still considering this woman who seemed just on the edge of not existing. I'm sorry for intruding, Margot said. After an awkward pause, she added, I'm Margot. Fake drinking break! Yay! It seems like when it's 80 columns wide, sometimes there are fake drinking breaks, you know? Hmm. Hello, Margo, the woman said. After an awkward silence, Margo asked, What's your name? The woman cocked her head at Margo for a moment, as if examining her as a curiosity. My name is complicated, but I suppose in your voice... It would be the wind as it flows across a winter sky. Uh, I'm embarrassed. All right, Margot smiled at her, thinking the name fit quite well. That is a beautiful name. May I shorten it when we talk, Margot asked? Again, the woman considered Margot as if she were, spelled W-E-R-R, how do you pronounce that? As if she were an oddity in the situation. I could call you Winter, would that be acceptable? I think I would like that very much, Winter said. Your hair is extraordinary. Could I see it up close? "Well, wow, because Mar- has black hair. That's very exciting. <laughs> Margot was amused, and she couldn't see any reason left to be afraid of this pleasant woman. Stepping towards Winter, she said, Of course you! Dot dot dot. With a gust of wind, the woman was within an arm's reach of Margot. Margot started but tried to remain calm as Winter spoke in her airy voice. Your hair is so dark, Margot. I think it's beautiful. Um, thank you, Margot said, somewhat embarrassed. Do you, nobody compliments my hair, what the fuck? Do you get many visitors down here, Winter? No, I don't, she said with wide eyes, as if she just realized this fact. You're the first person I've seen in three cycles, I think. She looked up at the ceiling in contemplation. Margot was horrified. Assuming a cycle was a day, she blurted out, "'Three days?' Winter looked at her in confusion. "'No, that is not right. A cycle is when the weather shifts, of course,' she explained. "'It would be closer to six of your days.' Margot's mouth hung open, dumbfounded. "'Aw, oh, nobody's coming to visit her. That sucks, huh?' That's how I felt in my office when I was a NASA contractor. <laughs> so, oh, 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 drinking break. What am I doing? Have a drink if you're doing drinking breaks, mm. unless you're driving, right? I don't know. Anyway, okay. Let me have more of a drinking break here. Mm. I think we're approaching. What we're about? We're approaching halfway through this madness. Oof, Jesus Christ! Actually, yeah. We're approaching half cause it's gonna yeah 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 yeah, okay, cause we gotta get to like line twenty two sixty seven and we're on line nineteen twenty seven told you this was long, oh my God, so how long have you been here, the elder mage asked Henry as they walked down the first floor hallway. Um, this is day three, Henry said. the man laughed. How's the acclamation meeting these days? Does old Binny still handle that? Oh, I haven't been yet, Henry said. He felt like this little bit of truth would probably save him. Really? I thought they were quite strict about that, the man said with some concern. I was thrown right into work, Henry lied. That's why I'm here. Humph, the old man said as he put... Wow, ageism is just dripping out of this chapter. The older man said as he pulled open the door marked... Records requests. It You know what? I tend to remember somebody explaining to me that libraries used to operate like that. Like you'd have to ask for a book. You couldn't actually browse books. Doesn't that seem insane? I also read something about how libraries do seem insane, even in, like, if libraries didn't already exist, don't you think that sounds like a freaking maniacal idea? Like, uh, there's just a building that the government owns where you can go and get a book for free? Yeah, it's like a banana's thought, but the fact that they already exist means people can't get rid of them. You know, I'm looking at all the budget-cutting assholes or whatever in the government. I don't know. I get Wow. Am I making this political? I don't even know who I'm arguing with. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure nobody hates libraries. (laughs) Okay. Um, Inside the room were two desks with a woman at one and a man at another. I bet the man gets paid more. Am I right? Huh? My feminist ladies. I mean, he probably does. I'm making a joke, but it's probably true. That sucks. Doesn't it? I'm going to have a drink. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I feel like my wife is underpaid cuz she's real smart. The lovely Laura, she's got a big noggin, lots of thoughts in there. She's a smarty. Okay. on the end, my understanding is she's quite good at Microsoft Excel. And I wanted to talk more about that since I got this uh injection in my arm and I'm really feeling good about those products, but maybe next week we'll talk about that. Okay. Boop, boop 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 the man boop, la. Okay. You can just ask one of these fine folks for help, he said, raising his steaming cup at them. Good morning, Gerald. Ugh, I hate office talk, the woman said. Your request isn't due until noon, correct? Oh, this fine gentleman here is here to make a request. He's Gerald trailed off, apparently just realizing he had no idea who Henry was. Art Vandelay, Henry said, walking to the desk. Everybody get the Seinfeld reference? I've used that a few times in here. Um, Considering his next step, he figured he could defend himself here if the worst happened. He thought he might as well just ask for what he wanted. That's W-A-H-T. I just need intelligence on Sandhill Temple, he said with a smile. I think we should have that. Have just kept that one up here, she laughed. Ha <laughs> ha! She looked up at Henry, and he noted that her amusement disappeared quickly. I haven't seen you here before, though, have I? He's new, Gerald said from behind Henry with an exclamation point, taking a sip from his mug. What do you think he's drinking? That's a good discussion question. D.Q. And his name is Gerald, huh? It's Gerald with a G. What do you think of that? Like is that okay cuz would you call him Jerry with a G for short? I don't know. I feel like you would. Is Jerry with a J short for Gerald with a J or is it the G? I don't know right into the show at how you spell Jerry. com. All right, Gerald's drink. We're going to revisit that cuz it's probably the most exciting thing in this chapter, am I right, folks? Um uh, bloop, 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 bloop. He's new, right? Didn't we get to that part? Oh, she said trailing off. So you're working for Freddy? How's that going? Honestly, he said, pausing a momentarily, not great. The woman started laughing loudly, and the man at the other desk snickered, shaking his head. Okay, see, Henry's just shit, is snor- shit, no. What do you want? Spitballing here. I was going to say shitballing. That's wrong. All right. The woman started laughing loudly, and the man at the other desk snickered, shaking his head. I'll get you that information right away, she said, smiling and writing something quickly on a slip of paper. I don't want you getting in trouble, and I don't want Freddy coming down here. Ho! She stood with the slip of paper and walked to the wall behind her where there was a small door. Do you want me to read that again? She stood with the slip of paper. Oh, that's why it's wrong. We're missing some like articles and conjunctions and shit. She stood with the slip of paper, walked to the wall behind her where there was a small door. I think there should be like a comma or just an and walk to the wall. You know what I mean? She opened the door, moved her hand with the slip towards it, and the paper was sucked downward out of sight. Shutting the door, she replied, it should just be a minute. Drinking break! I'm guessing. Mm. That's like fashioned after, uh, what, like a bank drive through where they have the tubes? The vacuum tube things? Or, um, didn't they used to have that at like, um like big box hardware stores maybe like also like bjs and stuff i've never been in a costco so i can't use that example but like the if they had too much money they could put it in that tube and it would shoot up in a way i feel like i've been at a home depot where that's a thing i don't know if you have then right into the show all that bullshit mm-hmm. hmm. all right who's getting tired of this chapter cuz we got 300 more fucking lines to get through Winter suddenly looked concerned after Margot's exclamation. You're not going to leave, are you? Faster than Margot could see, the woman was five feet away from her, facing her now. No, I just think people should visit you more, Margot explained, worried she was scaring this odd woman away. Do you ever go outside? I won't go outside, I promise, she pleaded, and, with another gust of wind, she disappeared into the aisles. Winter, Margot said, confused where the conversation had gone so wrong. Margot started walking back towards the aisles. The slight woman had disappeared as if she were truly ephemeral. That's a big word, huh? I like that. Why, I think I only know what that is because of... Uh, ever heard She and Him? Um, yeah, that's a good good band, but it's got, what, Zoe Deschanel is the main singer and Matt... Uh, Matt something as the musician. I can't remember, Uh, but one of their songs used the word ephemeral and I had to look it up. Yeah. True story. Wasn't that exciting? (laughs) Winter, she cried, hoping she would be heard. If nobody came to visit this woman for weeks at a time, she saw no reason to be stealthy. After glancing down a few aisles, Margot knew she wouldn't be able to find the mystery woman. Instead, she decided to take a different tack. Wow, sailing terms. I'm just going to sit down for a snack, Winter, she said at normal speaking volume. I hope you'll join me and we can talk. Margot sat down on the cold stone floor, cross-legged. She reached into nothingness beside her, and she pulled out a box of candies. She couldn't think of anything else that might be enticing. Ooh, what kind of candies? I really hope they're... I don't know. I want to say, like, in this situation... I'm kind of leaning hard candies. What do you guys think? Right into the show, com. What are, like, uh, some good hard candies? I mean, Werther's, obviously, but I feel like if you're going to— Do you have to use, like, a peppermint lifesaver to seduce a woman named, what, the wind blowing above in winter or whatever the hell her name is? I don't know. All right. I would think Pepo Mint would be the way to go. (laughs) Oh, who likes freaking Lifesavers? Those mint ones are so good. Oh, my God. Right into the show. All right. Let's see. Uh, Candies. She couldn't think of anything else that might be enticing, so she decided to keep it simple. Placing the box in front of her. Okay, so I think that's probably like mixed candies, like from a candy place. Oh, like a um, Whitman sampler, yes. <laughs> uh, placing the box in front of her, she said loudly, "Winter, I want to share these candies with you. If you'd like to talk." Opening the box, Margot—oh, goddamn, screensaver! Margot grabbed at a butterscotch—oh, goddamn it, butterscotch hard candy—and popped it in her mouth. So it is a fucking Werther's. Mmm, she admitted as she toyed with the hard candy in her mouth. That might be the worst way to describe that. (laughs) Well, I don't know. What would you say there? After a few minutes, Margot was beginning to lose hope when a gust of wind passed, depositing winter just off to her left. The woman fidgeted with her fingers and stared at the box of candies on the ground. Margot smiled while trying to contain her excitement that she had returned. "'Would you like one?' she asked, holding the box towards Winter. She nodded, seemed to move up to the box instantly, and she grabbed what Margot saw was a red hard candy. "'Red is one of my favorites,' Margot said. "'Try it. It tastes like strawberries. Good thing she didn't get the freaking sour apple. Am I right, folks?' Winter smiled and sat on the ground in front of Margot, making a show of crossing her legs in the same manner." Oh, that's sweet. Drinking break. Oh. Still like 200 goddamn lines of this chapter. Okay. Mm -mm. The whiskey makes it tolerable. It usually doesn't take this long, the woman at the desk said to Henry. Gerald had began tapping one foot as if his helping Henry was wearing on him. I, uh, can handle this, Henry said, turning to Gerald. Maybe after my paperwork arrives and I deliver it, I'll stop by. Nonsense. I'm happy to wait, Gerald said, though Henry said he was growing quickly annoyed quickly. I think that's, though Henry saw he was growing quickly annoyed quickly. Wouldn't you say quickly annoyed? I don't know. Who cares? This book sucks. I shouldn't worry about where an adjective's placed. He hoped he would be annoyed enough to leave soon. Looking back at the woman, he said, Penny, this usually takes seconds. Are you backed up today? The woman sighed, not in the least. That damn Wisp isn't responding, I'm guessing. Wisp, capital W, W W-I-S-P. Ooh, that might be something. Well, send another note down, Gerald urged. Penny Penny looked up at him without a smile, then back to her pad. She quickly scribbled something, turned, and dropped it back down the chute. Almost immediately after, Gerald piped up again. Perhaps you could see if they're not doing their job in the arrivals room? This time Penny looked at Gerald with a sincerely angry face. She rose from her seat and walked to a door behind their desks. She opened it and stepped inside. Henry noticed that the man at his desk had stopped working and was now watching the scene play out. Ooh, office tension, so fun. When Penny emerged, she said only nothing and sat down. She said the word nothing that readers don't hear what I'm trying to say. Okay. She went about more paperwork that was lying On her desk. Drinking break! Oh, baby. There's a lot in this chapter. Am I right, folks? Hmm. Okay. This is a long-ass chapter, so this probably isn't good for me, huh? Hmm. All right, let me move down here. Can I ask you a question Margot managed to say? Though she had a sour apple candy in her mouth that was making her pucker. See, I just mentioned that. Ugh, gross. Winter nodded. I really don't understand, so don't run away or get scared, Margo added. Winter hesitated before nodding this time. Why don't you go outside, she asked. When Winter started looking around nervously, Margo put her hands up. I don't understand why you won't or can't. I honestly don't know. Winter calmed slightly and looked at Margot with her head tilted. You wear a red cloak. Weren't you sent to protect those of us left? Margot looked down at her uniform, realizing she might look scary to the woman. Oh, no, this outfit isn't mine. I borrowed it, she said. I'm not from here. Winter nodded, saying only, Oh. Is that okay? Margot asked. Winter nodded and took another candy. After some awkward minutes, she said, I have to stay here to stay safe. Safe from what? Margot asked. The Wisp Hunters, of course, Winter said. Wisp is capital W again. Ooh. Oh, you're a wisp, Margot asked, only assuming that was what her species was called. She had never heard of the term before. Winter nodded. They hunt my people here in the southern forests, men dressed in all black set up nests nets, sorry, to catch us when we run. The mention of southern forests concerned Margot since they were nowhere near such a place. So the people in red protect you? Yes, I was almost caught in a net, and I fell asleep somehow. When I woke up, the red people told me that they had saved me from the hunters, but more were coming. They said that the wisp hunters will kill us to steal our speed, Winter said, getting more agitated, just like me in this fucking story. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think of wisps? That's pretty cool. All right, we'll talk about that when I'm done reading. How about that? Margot was afraid she'd lose Winter again, but she thought that a carefully worded explanation could work without scaring the woman. Could the wisp hunters have been the red people? Winter shook her head. No, they wore black, she said. Oh, God, this girl's dumb. Margot thought carefully for another moment. She had to remind herself she shouldn't appear in black. Winter. People can change their colors. Watch me, but don't be afraid, we're friends now. Winter smiled at Margot and clammed down a bit. Margot raised her right hand and snapped her fingers. Her entire output <laughs> her entire output changed to bright blue. Looking down at herself, she shivered at the bright colors. Yeah, Margot likes the black. I think we determined that Margot's totally emo, you know, to match her hair. Looking back at winter, she saw the woman's mouth hanging open. Margot snapped again, and her outfit returned to red. "'Do you see? I can wear a different color. I could even wear black,' Margot explained. The red people could do the same, because usually, I'm not a red person. I'm just pretending for today.' Willow nodded with understanding for a moment before her face turned angry. Ooh, drinking break. Thought that was the end of the chapter, didn't you? But we're in for it, baby. Mm. At least, I think, 200 more lines? Okay. <sighs> Henry stood awkwardly in front of Penny's desk as the room gro- grew more crowded. Four more mages had appeared, all asking for miscellaneous information. Penny and the other man had sent another 12 or so slips down the slots against the rear wall, and nothing had appeared yet. I thought they were doors earlier. What the fuck? Could you maybe check again if mine is here, one man asked. I really need to get going. Who's working in the back, another asked. Is he not bringing them out? Penny shouted. Everyone needs to calm down. Something is wrong in the archives room. That damn wisp isn't doing her job. What does she mean by wisp, Henry quietly asked Gerald, who insisted on staying through all this. Oh, here we're going to get a description of a wisp. It's a magical creature, Gerald said, clearly annoyed that he was still in the room now filled with angry people. It's very fast, and we use them in a lot of these places. All right, Penny yelled again. I'll go down to the archive. Something must have happened to the wisp. Alarmed, Henry raised a hand. I'll go. I'll take care of it. Penny frowned at him as everyone else turned to look at him. Do you even know how to deal with a wisp? She asked in an annoyed tone. I don't, Henry admitted. But I will go with you. Drinking break! Yay! These are real drinking breaks, too. How fun. I will say, as long as this chapter is, it is fun. I mean, it's a fun chapter, I feel like. Right? Who likes Winter? She's fun. Okay. I want you to take me with... Wait. I want to take you with me, Winter, but I need one of those... The... Oh, God damn it. Let's have another drinking break, all right? We're going to edit this out and pretend it didn't happen, huh? Hmm. Alright, I just made a note the producer is time stamping, and we're going to roll this back. Alright. I want to take you with me, Winter, but I need one of these boxes, Margot said. Which one? Winter asked. It should have papers about a place called Sandhill Temple, and, Margot started, interrupting, Winter said, Oh, that one is popular. She disappeared, and suddenly, startling Margot. You know, she disappeared suddenly, startling Margot. Seconds later, Winter reappeared in front of Margot with one of the unmarked boxes. Why did you want this one? Winter asked, handing it to Margot. I think I might be in there, Margot said, gently taking the box from her. Winter's eyes widened. Is your name on paper? she asked, trying to introduce, like, some. What do I want to say? Cultural uh misunderstanding of the importance of paper? I mean, you know what I'm saying. You get it. You get it. I feel like they do this in fantasy novels all the freaking time. Margot was surprised by her question. For someone who was surrounded by paper nearly constantly, she wondered why she would be amazed by any of the contents. Um, yes, my name appears on some... She randomly took a page from the folder from a folder in the box. It listed Mage's names, skills, and she recognized some. She randomly reinserted it, trying to constrain her fury so as to keep Winter calm. Winter, let's go outside, Margot said with a forced smile. I will protect you as best I can. As <laughs> as I a can. Apparently that is just me talking and not a typo, probably from all the fucking drinks. All right. I will protect you as best I can, but I assure you that there are no wisp hunters and we'll be friends. Winter added. We already are. Margo replied drinking break. These are quick drinking breaks. This is a fun chapter. If you're drinking along with me, Hmm, but if you're driving to work, I'm hoping that this isn't as much fun. (laughs) Henry hurried along behind Penny as she stomped down the stairs into the basement hallway that led to the archives room. He was finally putting the pieces together as to what was causing paperwork delays. Apparently Margo had gummed up the work somehow, and he hoped she wasn't injured by whatever a wisp was. He had no idea if they were dangerous. Ooh, spooky! In the distance down the hallway, Henry could see a black-haired woman emerge from a doorway carrying a large box. He was pretty sure that it was Margot, but they were still too far to see for sure. Well, he does like the word sure, but uh, I don't think any other black-haired women come up in this book. Or at least explicitly defined yeah you know who doesn't like this the lovely laura because she doesn't have black hair you know okay the lovely laura has lovely brown hair and she gets annoyed when all well not annoyed i guess she likes it sometimes unless i get a little too um what do i want to say Like, uh, devoted to, like, if there's, like, a knot or a snarl, I take it out with my hands, you know. But anyway, she likes when I just, you know, rub her hair and all that stuff. Run my hands, fingers through her hair. I feel like that's maybe too much information. Let's just move on. (laughs) I'm talking about, like, on the couch while we're watching TV. Not, like, okay. Anyway. Good God. (laughs) there, blah, 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 blah. In the distance... You there, she yelled down the hall. The woman in the distance looked up and Henry smiled. He thought she turned back to the door and spoke, but he wasn't sure. Where do you think you're going with that, Penny yelled. To Henry's immense surprise, Penny suddenly called up a spell and launched it towards Margot. Oh no, Margo, you don't die. In the distance, the probably Margot woman spun back into the doorway. The spell, though, seemed to create a wall of energy just before the door to the archives room, or so Henry guessed. "'What's going on?' Henry asked Penny. "'What did you just do?' "'I've trapped that woman, whoever she is, but more importantly, I made sure the wisp is still there,' Penny explained, starting to walk faster. "'They are hard to catch, and we're lucky to have one here. If it gets out—' She shook her head as if the idea was unthinkable. Henry was confused as to what his next action should be. On the one A.H.D., whatever that is, uh, Penny was a mage, but also a paper pusher. Wow. Just debasing these office workers, Henry. What what a dick, huh? Oh, I'm blue collar. I go out and fight bad guys, huh? Whatever. You know, somebody's got to retrieve paperwork, Henry, you piece of shit. Hmm. Even if it's evil paperwork, right? Maybe she's just working for a paycheck. Although, the fact that she can do magic, I mean, that maybe seems a little odd, don't you think? Like, uh, wouldn't you... If you could do magic, would you retrieve records? I guess... I don't know. I remember I had a friend in high school who joined, what, ROTC to get his, like, uh, scholarship to... Uh, Northeastern University, I think. Good school. Northeastern's pretty badass. Don't get me wrong. But um the ROTC thing, I would honestly say he probably didn't need to do it. But he did. He wanted to do that. And that's whatever, man, that's your call. But I remember seeing him, I don't know, probably like two or three years later at a football game when I went home for Thanksgiving or something like that. And, uh, what did he he was kind of explaining like his job now well okay so it would be after college right that makes sense and he was at the football game but he was now in the army cuz if you do ROTC and they pay for some school whatever the the army says we own you for like 2 years or something like that but he was a paper pusher at that point he kind of wanted to be a soldier but he was like stuck in an office. I think he worked in Germany for a while, but I guess you get to travel the world a little bit. But he was still annoyed that instead of, you know, wearing boots, he was retrieving files. So I guess maybe in that sense, if all these magical people are that common, some of them opt for the filing job. <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't understand why the lady at the desk who sends a request down to the records department has any sort of magical ability whatsoever. I wouldn't you I don't know. I don't know. Why well, read the Harry Potter books and write back to, you know, Jeffrey's whatever. You know, go to the fucking website and uh, I I'm just annoyed. I feel like she might be a little too talented for her job. Eh, what are you going to do? That kind of minimizes librarians, though, so I don't want to even say that. That's not fair. All right. Now I'm just defending people who I don't think I originally insulted, but now are maybe saying, you know what, that is insulting. My bad. (laughs) Okay. All right. I've trapped that woman, blah, blah, blah. Henry was confused as to what his next action should be. On the one AHD, Penny was a mage, but also a paper pusher, not some ultra-aggressive warrior ultra-aggressive warrior mage. On the other hand, Margot was trapped, and he was concerned that this, quote, wisp might hurt her. He hated these moral dilemmas. Somebody should have taken ethics in college. As he approached... All right, let's see. As he approached a door on his left, Henry sighed. He would have to take action now. Penny, wait, he yelled. The woman turned to him, furious at the interruption. Henry grabbed the door handle and opened the door to find a very uninteresting office for two. Grabbing Penny by the upper arm, he pulled her close and shoved her into the office. "'Don't try to leave her; it will hurt,' Henry warned, before pulling the door closed in front of the surprised woman. Then he immediately cast a spell on the door's latch, such that anyone who touched it would receive a terrible surprise.' Sighing with resignation, he continued forward. Only two steps from the door, he heard an interrupted yelp followed by a thud. He could only feel okay with the situation because he had, in fact, warned the woman. Drinking break! I feel like this podcast is kind of um, falling apart, I want to say, with these drinking breaks. There's so many in this chapter. hmm Especially for a goddamn Monday chapter. I, damn goddammit. All right, let's keep moving. Because, oh my god, I think I still have another hundred lines. That's like a whole episode, usually. Margot placed the box on the ground back inside the archives room. Two people had been approaching, but she thought one was Henry. Doesn't Henry have red hair? I feel like he has red hair. I feel like red-haired people are usually pretty easy to identify. I don't know, whatever. Two people had been approaching, but uh, okay. She needed to look outside again, but more carefully this time. Are you done with this box, Winter asked her, still inside the archives room? Oh no, I just wanted to put it down for a moment, Margot said. I can carry it for you, Winter said. That would be great," Margot said, using the word "said" for the millionth time. Jesus, I just have to make sure there isn't any danger in the hallway. When Winter started to look dangerous or nervous again, Margot tried to reassure her. "I'll make sure you're safe," I promise. Margot pulled the room's door inward as far as she could, and leaned carefully into the hallway. The only person she could see was Henry staring at a door against the opposite wall. Henry, she said, and stepped into the hallway. Oh, good, you're okay, Henry exclaimed. Wait there, that mage set some sort of barrier in the hallway. Henry approached where the barrier existed and poked at it with his index finger. The air tingled, but he could pass his hand through it easily. He said to Margot, only feet from him, it doesn't seem to stop anyone. Does it stop wisps? Margot asked. Henry hesitated. Maybe. Is that something we need to be concerned with? Winter suddenly appeared next to Margot in the hallway, carrying the box. Margot watched Henry step back in surprise, flinching. When Margot looked at Winter, she saw the woman looked angry. Winter, This is Henry, Margot explained. He's a very good friend of mine, and he only borrowed that outfit like me. He's going to help us leave, but there is a magic barrier in front of us. Winter's face softened slightly. He's your friend, she questioned. Yes, Henry is a good person, and he wants to help both of us, Margot explained, but we need to wait while he tries to open this barrier. Okay, she said simply, and waited beside Margo. Oh my god, drinking break for the millionth time in this chapter. <laughs> Is anybody at home, like, um... Mm. Maintaining, like, the Jeff Reads His Book wiki? I'm guessing no. I Well, what, I have two listeners, and I'm pretty sure Glenn doesn't listen anymore. Glenn, if you listen, write into the show, jeffreadshisbook.com! But, um... I don't think the lovely Laura is maintaining a wiki for this uh, episode, but I don't know how many drinking breaks. We might be hitting a record at this point. Jesus Christ. What... Um, I think in Bringing Balance, we had a lot of, like... Well, the drinking breaks usually mean that we're switching viewpoints, right? So we're going from Henry to Margot, or Margo to Henry, or I guess an off-worlder, Janie, was used. And maybe in... In bringing balance, did we use, what was that guy, the bad guy, Um, Frederick? Did Frederick ever get, like, a say? I feel like he, I think he did. I don't know. So, I think Frederick got a say, too. So, he would, it would be from his standpoint, too. But, this chapter's all over the place. There's so many switches. Okay. Henry shook his head to clear the surprise appearance of the almost ghostly woman next to Margot. I hope he doesn't fall in love with her i think henry likes Margot's black hair just like winter does Ooh, that could be complicated the magic barrier was clearly meant to contains this woman he touched it with his index finger again and thought about his next step the magic was pretty simple so he decided to simply absorb it oh god damn simple 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 holding his right hand up he breathed in an He breathed in and concentrated. Oh, he breathed in and concentrated. (gasps) His right hand tingled, then burned as the foreign magic was drawn into his hand. Ouchies. He quickly turned to the door behind which he had locked Penny and shoved his right hand against it. The burning stopped as the door absorbed the magic. So people and doors, apparently in this world, can absorb magical powers. (laughs) Near the handle, the electricity sizzled as the two disparate magics, his applied to the handle and the residual barrier magic, conflicted. We're okay, Henry said. Suddenly, a wind flowed past him towards the hallway stairs, turning to look. He found the ghostly woman standing mere feet in front of him, causing him to jump. Oh, wow, you are quick, Henry said. I am, she said, staring at Henry. Feeling awkward under her stare, he said, I'm Henry, touching his chest. Margot calls me Winter. You can too, she said, smiling. I'm carrying this box for her. Remember, she had a big box of files. I'm guessing it's like a legal box, you know, like the legal paper. All right. Uh, that's great, Henry said, confused as Margot approached. This is winter, a wisp, Margot said, walking past Henry. We need to leave right now. She, ex- well, it doesn't say she exclaimed, but there's definitely an exclamation point. Henry hurried to catch up with Margot, trying not to touch Winter. Why? Because she's diseased? What the fuck, dude? Wait, let me lead, he urged. I'm mad a... God damn it, these typos. I've mad a friend upstairs, and I'm afraid he might try to stop us. Henry approached the stairs ahead of Margot and the Wisp. Gosh, he has a name, dickhead. He was unsurprised to find Gerald coming down the stairs. Still, his presence annoyed him. Seeing the people behind Henry, Gerald said, still holding a mug. Oh, how did everything turn out? Not as I expected, Henry said, shaking his head. Like the seventh drinking break of this chapter? God damn it, there's going to be another one. All right. Mm. All right. Margot saw the man coming down the stairs in front of Henry, and she quickly cast a simple spell to hide herself in Winter, who jerkingly followed her up the hallway. I think that's because she moves really fast every step. Yeah, not because she's a jerk. Margot found it fascinating that the wisp could oh god damn it. That's just what I said. Margot found it fascinating that the wisp could only move at fast speeds, so she would wait for Margot to advance a few steps, then suddenly overtake her by a few steps, still carrying the box. Margot whispered to Winter who was a few steps ahead of her, I don't know. I cast a magic spell. Nobody can see us right now. I can see you, Winter pointed out, squinting at Margot. Yes, but nobody else can, Margot explained. It will help us get outside. Winter nodded, and the pair continued their stunted advance towards the stairs. Oh, they weren't even on the fucking stairs yet, goddamn! Carefully and quickly. Margot, with two capital letters, rushed past Henry and the man coming down the stairs, careful not to disturb him. Winter left her at the bottom of the... Oh, I see. All right. See, one problem with reading out loud and not being familiar enough with this terrible, terrible book is that I like read ahead. You know, you're reading ahead of what you're saying. In parsing it, but I, I tend to, like, stop before I get to the point where you would actually stop, so I'm already annoyed at the disconnect in, like, the plot or concept. Okay, let's try this again. Carefully and quickly, Margot rushed past Henry, and the man coming down the stairs, careful not to disturb him. So the him is probably the man, the mystery man, that Margot doesn't know, but we, we, the readers, know is Gerald. Winter left her at the bottom of the stairs, right as a wind, and met her in the lobby, looking excitedly at the windows. Let's go outside, Margot said, as she walked to the door. When she held it open, Winter blew past her and stood, all one word, outside, staring up at the clear blue sky. Drinking break. Oh my goodness. How long is this chapter? We're at a minute or a minute, an hour and 15 minutes. Jesus. Mm. After I edit though, and what the producer is going to take out. Remember that? uh, What? You got that timestamp. Yeah. He said he got that timestamp. All right. Maybe um, anytime I mention the lovely Laura and stroking her hair, you might want to take that out too. I think the lovely Laura like that. I can't tell. The lovely Laura, if you like when I stroke your hair, and if I tell people about it, right into the show, jeffreadshisbook.com. All right. Where is Penny? Gerald asked. What do you guys think of the name Penny? I like that. I mean, it's very Inspector Gadget, but I liked Penny and Inspector Gadget. What was the name of the dog? Um, I really don't know Inspector Gadget's dog's name. If you know Inspector Gadget's dog name, And this time, I'm freaking serious, right into the show. What the hell was the dog's name? Inspector Gadget was awesome. I liked that. I liked, um, who was the bad guy in that? Didn't he have a cat? I have a cat. Am I a bad guy? Where is Penny? Gerald asked. She's still in the archives, Henry said, turning back around to check on his companions. Both had disappeared. Henry shook his head, frustrated, and turned back to Gerald. As he was about to continue, he felt a wind pass by his right shoulder. Oh, I pictured it on his left, my bad. Moments later, he could see that Gerald also noted something odd. Trying to distract him, Henry said, Penny said she would get the wisp back on the job, said our orders should be upstairs in just a few minutes. Very abnormal, Gerald commented, looking back up the stairs beyond his shoulder. Listen, can I just come find you downstairs once I have my documents? Fucking Henry probably said because the goddamn screensaver came on. Henry asked in an attempt to distract him. You shouldn't wait any longer with me, but I would like to talk. Gerald, pause momentarily. What a tool. Have you ever met those people at work? Right into the show, JeffReachesBook.com. Maybe that's a discussion question. Have you met people who can't stop talking? Let's put that there. 2B2, number two. Talking. Office. That makes it sound like it's a magic office that talks to you, you know, like Pee Wee Herman's chair. Gerald paused momentarily, probably feigning disappointment. Henry, though, wow, okay, Henry thought, I think is what that's supposed to be. His face, however, revealed the relief he must have felt by cutting Henry loose. Of course, he said, just down the hall. Do you remember the door, he asked. Of course, Henry said, having no idea which door he was referring to. I'll be back in just a few moments. Fantastic, Gerald said, appearing to be honestly happy to leave Henry behind. Wow, you know what's sad? Gerald has a basement office. That sucks balls. He patted Henry on the shoulder. Ugh. Eh, all right. I'm just annoyed. Who does that? <laughs> he patted Henry on the shoulder, and Henry began climbing the stairs as the two passed. When Henry reached the top of the stairs, God damn, the word Henry appears a lot. Henry heard a yelp in the hallway below, followed by the thud of a body falling to the floor. And that ends chapter 13. Well, that was a pretty exciting chapter, right? I think the most exciting thing that happened is, obviously, we met a new species of creature. Winter, right? Winter the Wisp. W-I-S-P. Not based on anything, as far as I can tell. I don't think there's any equivalent in any other fantasy novel. So, good on me for inventing a new species. She's exciting. A little boring, maybe. But, I mean, she does file paperwork as her innate ability. Which is weird, but, eh, what are you going to do? I was excited about that. And now Margot is rescuing her from her, what, uh, poorly paid job, let's assume, right? Uh, I don't know if people working at Amazon warehouses are expecting the same kind of savior to show up and steal. Uh, What do you buy from Amazon? Nobody buys books, so uh, let's say toilet paper? Toilet paper, I think that counts, yeah. It was a good chapter. I mean... The fact that they were trying to steal paperwork kind of sucks, but aside from that, I mean they did make an escape with some terrible things and freed a imprisoned creature known as a wisp. I'm most excited that I invented a species. A wisp. That's pretty fun. I think that's fun. What do you guys think? Right into the show, I feel like my voice is starting to fail. We're in an hour and 20 minutes at this point. God damn, this is a long chapter. I don't think there's any other long chapters in this book, but this one hurt. This one really did take a lot to get through, but what are you going to do? I enjoyed it. What did you guys think? Henry had to go wait for paperwork. He was annoying somebody who has an office job. Uh, I kind of like the, what do I want to say, the mundane office aspects. I was kind of making fun of him at first, but there's something about just the guy who talks to you at the office that annoy, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, why don't we get to discussion questions? How about that, huh? All right. So, question 1. The entire chapter and Gerald's in the entire chapter, he's got a mug of some hot steaming liquid. Question one, what is Gerald drinking? Now, my guess is that Americans are going to respond coffee in the vast majority. Maybe French people, too. Do French people drink coffee? I feel like they do. Uh, But English people and anybody that's a Commonwealth country is probably going to be like, oh, my God, it's tea. Except Canada. Canada seems really into coffee, like America. What do you... If you're from Canada, write into the show, Book.com. You're, like, my favorite country that I can drive my car to. (laughs) Um, anywho, and I include, like, the U.S. where I live. You're my favorite country to drive my car to. (laughs) Okay, uh... But what was he drinking? Or do they have some in the world of magic? Do they have some other hot drink? Or do they all like, is it some weird parallel universe where postum is like a popular drink? Don't know what postum is? Look it up. Mormons love that shit because caffeine and what have you. I don't know. Whatever. Man, isn't it weird that caffeine's considered bad or allowable? I don't. Like, Mormons don't allow caffeine, which, you know, maybe isn't the worst idea in the world. (laughs) But, like, um, I feel like what the Muslim religion, or Islam, let's say, let's say, Islam in that religion, right? You're not supposed to drink alcohol, to the best of my knowledge, you know, but in fairness, maybe in Christianity, you might want to lay off it a little bit. But I, I don't think it says explicitly Anywho, they seem to, in many countries that are uh, primarily—I'm trying to tread carefully here—primarily practicing the Muslim religion, right? They tend to use coffee, almost, and and maybe, like, uh, tobacco— as stand-ins for alcohol that we drink heavily in the Western world. Does that make sense? I don't think I said anything bad there, but you use coffee as a stand-in. What are you going to do? But, uh, is that better? I don't know. I I don't know. I I see the marking coffee is bad for you. I can understand that. And alcohol, quite frankly. It doesn't mean I'm not going to drink both. They're both fantastic. Um... So what's in this goddamn mug? Because I really don't know where I was going with any of this. (laughs) Right into the show if you have any information about this. I don't feel like I'm breaking through barriers here. What? Some religions don't let you drink alcohol. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Some religions don't let you drink coffee. That seems less fine, do I want to say? What about smoking? I mean, not smoking. I don't smoke, but, you know, it's nice to have it on the table. If I can't drink, whatever. <laughs> ah, boy. I feel like I offended every culture available to me. I don't know. Probably the atheists are just giggling, right? Okay. Let's move on, huh? Oh, oh, okay. So my second discussion question. Have you had like the... Have you had a Gerald in your office? Like the guy who's trying to be too helpful, kind of following you around, talking to you maybe like too much... At some point, you're like, dude, you got to get away from me. I'm trying to do my job. I, although in this, yeah, I guess in this case, we're more committing espionage, right? But uh, let's say you're trying to do your actual job, and there's just this Gerald there who's going to come with you to help you because he thinks he knows better. Have you ever had one of those? Or well, not necessarily even help you. Just talk to you constantly. I kind of had like a, what do I want to say? I had somebody in mind for this section that was when I was NASA contracting, I was a contractor. So I had to stay in a building at NASA Glenn Research Center that was referred to as Slaughterhouse 500 because of the high incidence of cancer that occurred in the building, especially if you worked on the third floor. Yeah. It was a fun building because they had an elevator that said, beware or danger, asbestos in subfloor. And then some of the bathrooms would have leeches and worms come out of the urinals. So it was a really great place to work. Yep. So uh, if you ever want to like, if you're aspiring to be a NASA engineer, maybe think about that. The worms in the urinals. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And if you're a woman, eh, maybe, uh, Yeah, I mean, you don't use a urinal, but they could be in that toilet, I suppose. And on the other hand, uh, what? What do I want to say? I had a friend there who was harassed endlessly by male engineers. So that's fun, right? Okay, good. So what I'm saying here is I'm trying to smear NASA contractors. But anyway, the guy next to me who worked on projects not even remotely similar to mine Uh, Because, you know, we're contractors, so you're just billing hours. You're not actually, I want to say, the goal isn't necessarily to be productive. It's to bill hours. That's all you're trying to achieve there. So they would just group disparate, like, engineers and engineering departments down the same hall. You know, who gives a shit? And this one guy, he was younger than me. He was a nice guy. I, I guess he wasn't a nice... I mean, he wasn't bad or anything. But he would come into my office constantly to talk. And he would, like, ask to come down. If I had to go down the hall or... He was a little frustrating to be around. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? He was, at the time, annoying. That's what I'm kind of trying to say here. Working in that building, I'd be like, oh, it's him. And I don't remember his name, which I guess means he wasn't that bad. But, you know, looking back on it, I almost feel bad pointing this out. But you know you have somebody at your office like that. You know what? I have a real bad one. When I worked at a medical software company that's now defunct because— Wow. They sucked bad. <laughs> Just HIPAA violations flying around the room. Anyway, uh, they, what do I want to say? There was a guy in the cubicle one over from me who was infuriating. Like he would comment on my fucking lunch every day. Like, uh, if I made a sandwich, what kind of sandwich is that? If I brought tacos, Oh, what do you put in your tacos? If I brought—it doesn't matter. Whatever. He would just lean over and be like, what are you up to? What are you doing? And you know what annoyed me was when he got laid off, the guy who sat, like, diagonal from me—so he would have been behind this dude who would always ask me questions— He revealed that he would wear headphones constantly, but not play music just so he wouldn't ask him questions. I was like, that is fucking genius. And I have used that tactic in offices since then to get around like people speaking to me. It was pure genius, but that's a pro tip. If you work in an office, put some headphones on. Nobody, the bigger and more obvious, the better, because then people won't bug you. All right. Was that my... That was my second question. I'm not doing three, even though this freaking episode is an hour and a half long. Oh, my God. You know, the lovely Laura is going to listen to this while she's, you know, probably on Sunday. Not this Sunday. I think she's one behind. But she's going to be like, an hour and a half, really? You did this goddamn podcast? And... Yes, Laura, I did, and I didn't know it would be this long, and I apologize, but I'm going to fix the basement wall this week, so we should be all good soon. Uh, Anyway, that about wraps it up. I have a little sip of whiskey left, which is more than enough given, you know, it's 4 p.m. on a Monday. God damn! So, until next time, keep on reading!